0: Hello, America, and happy Monday! Welcome to the last week of August, the last week before Labor Day, the official end of summer, uh, and also the official kickoff time uh, for the presidential race. Obviously, the twenty twenty four presidential race is already in full throws. That's why we had a debate last month. That's a week. That's where I was last week in Milwaukee, broadcasting live from there. Uh, A lot to talk about uh, today, uh, including some new developments on the private Biden emails, the Joe Biden emails that the National Archives may have. I'm going to break that story here in a second. But before that, I wanted to turn to our guest today because we have two really good ones. The former uh, chief of staff to the National Security Council, former longtime and well-respected CIA analyst, Fred Flights, is in the house. A lot to talk about. Russia, Ukraine, the debate last week, you really saw a sort of bipolar Republican Party. Uh, the the two polls on foreign policy being represented by Nikki Haley on one side and Vivek Ramaswamy on the other. Those are pretty significant uh, differences. And Fred wrote a wonderful column at American Greatness this week and I think captured it and also uh, not only captured the divide in the Republican Party on display at the debate last week, but also the failure of Joe Biden to articulate Uh, a vision for why we're giving so much money and military resources to Ukraine, what the definition of victory is, and also the failure to acknowledge that this war has slipped into a long slog that ultimately could benefit Russia. Uh, That is something we never really wanted, a a long, prolonged war like Vietnam or some other uh, war. And so a lot of concern about that. Fred's going to bring us up to speed on that. In the second half of the show, uh, there was a movie, a couple of years back called The Trump I Know that got cancel cultured. It was blocked and thwarted, and it is going to give a middle finger to uh, cancel culture by coming back a second time. It is reviving itself. There's a major event uh, in October uh, to do this. The movie uh, involves Laura Trump. It, it gives a more personal and different side to Donald Trump than we often see on the stage or at the rallies or in the courtroom uh, and uh, the two people at the forefront of bringing this back, Joy and Matt they are going to join us in the second half of the show to describe what they're doing, how you can support it if you want to cancel cancel culture or if you want to make this movie successful in spite of the censors that originally attacked it a couple of years ago. That's going to be a really great interview. I don't want you to miss that. It's got a lot of meat to it and a lot of um, substance and, and uh, more reminders of just how much um, speech has been canceled. Political speech has been canceled over the last few years in America. Not very American at all. All right. Now for the big stories. A couple. First, I want to highlight a great story that my colleague Madeline Hubbard broke this morning. Uh, there are nearly a dozen Democrat-run, liberal-oriented big cities that are in the throes of massive crime waves. Crime waves in many ways. Um, uh, prompted by uh, these liberal policies on releasing felons back into the community without bond or bail or, or without serious punishment, um, well, a, about a dozen of those cities are now trying to shift the blame from them and their policies and their prosecutors' failures to automakers, specifically Hyundai and Kia, both of them being accused in multiple lawsuits, Chicago being the latest, but a lot of others before that. Uh, Seattle, I think, started it maybe about a year ago, uh, that it's the car company's fault that there are so many thefts. They need to do more to prevent thefts, as opposed to the prosecutors and cops who are supposed to prevent crimes and lock these uh, uh, felons up. Uh, That is a story that's getting a lot of attention today. I really encourage you to read it. It's got a great uh, headline on it and a great story. And I think at the end of the day, it's another one of the most important uh, conversation pieces. And the headline is, Crime-Ridden at Liberal Cities have a new favorite scapegoat, Colin automakers. Uh, We'll talk, uh, uh, go get a quick read, and then I'll try to bring Madeline on the show later this week. She does such good reporting day in and day out. Now, uh, just a few moments ago before the podcast went live, uh, we broke another story. This is something that I have been working on uh, since 2021 when I first discovered the private email addresses of Joe Biden on the Hunter Biden laptop. We got some new ones recently from some new information from Congress. The Southeastern Legal Foundation uh, is uh, representing me in this uh, request. Uh, And what we've learned is that there are 5,400 emails responsive at the National Archives to private email addresses going to or fro or CCing President Joe Biden's private email addresses, which include Robin Ware, J.R.B. Ware, and Robert L. Peters. Those are the three that uh, I did. Well, today, not only have we learned that there are 5,400 responsive records, uh, we filed a lawsuit with the Southeastern Legal Foundation. Just think about that 5,400 responsive emails. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. Um, <clears throat> uh, we'll have a whole story on that. Madeline and I are working on that. It'll be on the website um, by the time you hear this podcast. But these are very important, uh, set of emails that we want to. Uh, get out to the American public, but the National Archives is dragging its feet, protecting Joe Biden. Didn't do the same for um, uh, Donald Trump, did the opposite for Donald Trump. Uh, we are uh, significantly in uh, effort to get these out, and that's a major, major development on this case today. Justin News and Southeastern Legal Foundation is suing, uh, and we will have Kim uh, on the, the podcast earlier or later uh, this week uh, to talk about the significance of that. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Fred Flights will join us, followed by Joy and Matt Thayer to a couple that is in the process of reviving uh, a movie that was canceled back in 2021, The Trump I Know. I think it was actually 2020, but what uh, two, three years ago. Pretty remarkable. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare care provider. Good. All right. I think we're here. Take it. So here we go. I'll count down. And we'll get started. Okay. Three and two and one. All right, folks. Welcome back from the commercial break. Uh, A lot of people are still absorbing what went on Wednesday night in Milwaukee. Uh, Obviously, a big debate without Donald Trump there, but a chance for all of the other folks running in the Republican primary to get a sense of their policy, their vision. Uh, and what I walked away with uh, was something very similar to what our next guest just wrote in a fantastic op-ed for American greatness. Fred Flights is uh, the former chief of staff to the National Security Council, longtime CIA analyst, one of the most trusted security voices all of Amer- in all of America. And he joins us right now. Fred, great to have you back on the show. Hey, John. Good to be here. So I, I walked away almost with an identical perception, which was that you really got to see on foreign policy Uh, a very uh, two different sort of views inside the Republican Party. There's really quite a divide, maybe a more traditional peace through strength divide and perhaps a more libertarian divide. And when you particularly when you see someone like Vivek Ramaswamy, walk us through uh, the highlights in uh, that divide and how it may play out in the 2024 election.
1: I, I think it was very interesting, but I don't think it was peace through strength versus libertarian. I think it was neocon. Yeah versus uh, traditional conservatives, versus America first conservatives. Look, we we all feel for the people of Ukraine. We want them to win. We want them to throw Russia out of the country. But I think that Vivek Ramaswamy was mostly correct when he said uh, our priority should be defending our border and that we have to find a way to end the conflict. Now, he would hand all of the territory Russia has seized uh, to Russia and concentrate on stopping the Russia-China alliance. That actually was a brilliant observation. No matter what you think of this conflict, driving Russia and China together is an enormous problem. No one else on the stage understood that or said anything about it. On the other hand, Nikki Haley and, to some extent, Vice President Pence and 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 uh, Governor Christie said, "Well, that's wrong. We have to stand up for democracy and stand up for." Uh, the security of Europe, that if if we let Russia go, it's going to invade the rest of Europe. There's no there's absolutely no evidence of that. The Russian military has been destroyed. And I would say to Governor Haley, if you have a plan for Ukraine to win, please tell me what yeah. it is. I think Rana is where many people in Congress are right now. This is a stalemate. Ukraine will lose a long term stalemate. We need a peace plan to get us out of this. What I would do, I wouldn't do what Ramaswamy suggested, giving the land to to Ukraine. I would have a ceasefire now with the understanding that Ukraine's not giving up anything, but we will negotiate this over the long term. Perhaps a future Russian government, we can find a a way out of the the issue of the territorial concessions. But I'm with President Trump. I'm with Vivek. We have to stop the killing. We have to stop the war.
0: Yeah. And you it seems to me the longer this goes on, uh, the attrition uh, benefits Russia better. They have more soldiers. They have more military capability. Uh, this is exactly the sort of war that Ukraine didn't want to get into. Uh, what is your assessment right now? It seems like Russia has made some small gains and that we're sort of stuck in this nonstop slog. Uh, should we be concerned by the gains that Russia has been making in the last few weeks?
1: Well, uh, there were reports of small gains. We don't know that that's true. My guess is that there were some some gains made. David Ignatius, who basically writes whatever talking points comes out <laughs> from the Biden administration, yes, ran a does. column over the weekend explaining that the Biden administration will not admit that this is a stalemate, but they're also admitting that the uh, – counteroffensive is not going to succeed, and the Financial Times ran a similar piece about a week ago that Biden administration officials are gloomy over how the war is going. And both Ignatius and the Financial Times admitted that the Biden administration are very critical of the way the war is being conducted because they think that the Ukrainian army has concentrated on on the wrong places. They haven't been able to get past Russian defenses. My my guess is that before the fighting season is over, at the end of October, early November, uh, the counteroffensive will will not have succeeded. And all these predictions we heard from the Biden administration, from Ukrainian officials, of a huge breakthrough that will change the war, that won't happen. And I don't know where the Biden administration plans to go next.
0: Yeah, and that is a problem. They probably don't know themselves, but they certainly haven't articulated. If, if there's one chronic fault that i think uh, even no matter what side of the political aisle you're on it's the inability of joe biden to define the mission and what would constitute success two years or a year well into a, more than a year of this war it seems as though that he hasn't really picked up on that um is there any idea what the end game is for joe biden can you deduct anything from his comments about what he thinks the end game is
1: biden's plan is to keep shoveling money and weapons to ukraine to to, to provide the weapons as long as it takes. That also seems to be the position of Governor Haley. And I I just thought it was revealing that she attacked Vivek Ramaswamy for not having uh, foreign policy experience. And it shows when she herself does not understand the Ukraine war, she doesn't understand the situation on the ground. She doesn't understand that in the Republican caucus in the House, they're rapidly moving away from the war. And I, I I, just like to review what said earlier, if she has a plan for Ukraine to win and, and, and for uh, uh, using our weapons, I'd like to hear what it is.
0: Yeah, uh, it, 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 there, was, there was rhetoric, but not a plan for it. That's absolutely right. Uh, when you listen to that whole debate, there just wasn't a specific idea for anything. Um, I want to pivot uh, to Afghanistan. We just celebrated the two-year anniversary. There is significant warnings from the intelligence community that uh, ISIS and perhaps al-Qaeda have the ability for operational planning against the West inside the country. Uh, and we continue to learn more and more about the actual failures of the withdrawal, particularly the suicide bombing. We we now have pretty strong reason to believe that there was a, a, a kill shot from a sniper, but he wasn't given permission to take it, which allowed the bomb to detonate. Uh, as you look back at that moment, has there been enough accountability for the failures that occurred that day?
1: there's not. And the only reason we're finding out on what really happened is because of the Republican House. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats in the House and Senate have allowed almost no investigations or witnesses to talk about this. But now we're having several House committees conducting extensive investigations and hearings. This uh, uh, forum that Congressman Darrell Issa had with the Gold Star families was fabulous. It I hope was, all your wasn't it? Yeah, we, we carried it they live. To listen. Yeah. They'll learn more about what happened. They'll learn about how, these, how badly these families were treated, how they were lied to by the administration, the way Joe Biden talked to them, the stories he made up about his son. I feel terrible about his son, but his son did not leave Iraq in a flag-draped coffin, the way President Biden said. And the families were really not happy that he's making up stuff at this terrible point in their lives. Um, concerning the, the attack that led to the deaths of american service members there were two reports first of all there was intelligence that uh uh, isis was planning that attack and was actually doing a practice near the airport isis k and there was a a call by u.s intelligence to do a preemptive strike to to knock out the isis k headquarters and it was turned down then there was this new report that a a, an american soldier had a kill shot that might have knocked out the shooter the, the the bomber but wasn't allowed to do so, yeah. and, and we we need to find out what 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 else happened here because accountability simply isn't holding the people accountable who who made these terrible decisions. It's to find out what happened so it doesn't happen again.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's the real reason. It isn't It isn't for political blame or political embarrassment. It's to make sure that we learn from these mistakes. And it doesn't seem like this Defense Department has had the interest in doing it. Certainly not publicly. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that we haven't seen. HomeTaddleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity, in your home. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes.
1: Talk about starting the morning right.
0: Just
2: like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Oh. mm Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient.
1: Comfortable.
3: Ah. Uh,
0: China is another place that I think a lot of people are uh, concerned about daily. But there's also an, another interesting dynamic. It seems like China's economy is slowing down in ways we really haven't seen in the uh, in the last 40, 50 years. Uh, can you walk us through first, their economy, what's going on, and two, their continued aggression and things that we may not even be countering effectively?
1: You know, some of us have been calling this for a while because it's fairly clear that President Xi would rather the country be uh, pure in its form of communism than embracing uh, the free market economics and the capitalist system. And as he penalizes he penalizes billionaires who has, have started large tech companies as he tells various companies that there's restrictions on how they can operate. Companies are leaving China. Uh, companies that were generating wealth for China uh, are not doing as well or they're leaving also. We know the economy has been managed very badly. There's, there's, there's enormous debts both in, the, in, in Chinese cities and in the real estate sector. Basically, she is destroying the economy to to promote Marxism and and it is it is it is going it's going to have tremendous effects China's capability to to finance its efforts to build its military to intervene globally and it is causing significant domestic unrest which is going to get worse China has real demographic problems it has young people who can't find jobs men who can't find brides and the danger here my friend. Gordon Chang talks about this, is that this could cause China to do something um, dramatic to change the subject, to get the people's mind off of their domestic problems, possibly a military operation, possibly an attempt to take back Taiwan, basically to distract from, from the poor leadership, the poor management of the economy by President Xi.
0: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Now, uh, there isn't much of a clear policy from the Biden administration uh, on China, maybe other than appeasement or muddled, uh, muddled uh, commentary. Uh, But if you were in the National Security Council now, how could the United States take advantage of this economic uh, contraction that's going on or slowing down in China? Uh, What are some of the tactics that we aren't using that we could be using to get a leg back up on China?
1: I think we first to have, have to have strong leadership so we can send an official who the Chinese see as tough and representing America to try to dial back uh, the various provocations in the South China Sea and against Taiwan and the teaming up with Russia. Uh, I, I think that's the way, I mean, that's the way President Trump proceeded. That's why sure. President Trump met with President Xi, but and he went to China. But the, the meetings and interactions of Biden officials with the Chinese have all been a disaster because they, they they have no solid policy and the Chinese don't respect us. American weakness is enormously destabilizing on the global stage. China takes advantage of American weakness. That has to be reversed.
0: Yeah, no, it, it definitely does. The BRICS summit, uh, clearly uh, China uh, being more assertive than the United States you're over under your takeaways from the BRICS summit. Obviously, a win for China from at least a perception standpoint. Uh, what, what would you say uh, the BRICS summit ultimately resulted in?
1: I'm wondering whether this is more appearance and substance. I think that's right. It looks like India is moving away from a BRICS currency. The BRICS currency was not supposed to be on the agenda of the summit. I know on paper they added more members. But I think the problems of the Chinese economy and the reluctance of many states, even states who do not like the United States or do not like the domination of the dollar, uh, the idea that they they would be part of an alternative currency based on a currency controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, India doesn't want to do that. So, I mean, it's a problem, and I think it will undermine the dollar to an extent. But I think the threat of BRICS and a BRICS currency, a BRICS reserve currency, I'm not as concerned about that right now.
0: Yeah, I think it was more show, more of a uh, a propaganda show than perhaps actual progress towards uh, a, a an alternative currency to the United States.
1: So, some of us have been calling BRICS the, uh, uh, the the clown car currency. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good yeah,
0: that's a good that's a good call for it. It looks uh, it looks more entertaining and amusing than it is real perhaps. Um, as we look out now, Europe, um, is gotta feel uncomfortable about the, uh, this, the status of the Ukraine-Russia war. They have to be concerned about the encroaching Chinese influence. Uh, they have to be concerned about their own economy. They seem to be a little bit more aggressive in cutting or, or fighting inflation than even we are right now. Uh, does, Z- Ken Zelensky have an election in 2024, uh, uh in the midst of war? or does he suspend the elections? And what would that do for the sense of democracy in Ukraine?
1: I think the election will be suspended again. I think he'll get away with it, but he's gonna to have to explain when he will have an election. It's not uncommon to suspend an That's election right. in a situation yeah. like this. It would put Ukrainians at risk. Uh, but there, there are real concerns about the state of democracy and corruption in Ukraine. Most of us are looking the other way for now, but uh, those issues, they are gonna be dealt with eventually. Yeah.
0: And then finally, on on uh, we, we continue to see, I think, John Kerry over the weekend called uh, climate change an existential threat again um, and blame the re- Republicans for uh, putting us on the brink of extinction, which obviously there's no evidence that's the case. Uh, but in the course of this climate change economy that the Obama-Biden years have created, it seems as though China continues to get such a leg up because its carbon emissions are through the roof. Uh we and we're trying to offset them in addition to ourselves, which puts our economy at such an enormous um uh disadvantage. Do you think at some point the American people begin to realize that whatever intentions are good about the climate change movement, it's absolute its actual um execution is a is a problem that puts only America last?
1: It's putting America last. The the, the left wants to take away our gas stoves, our gasoline powered vehicles. I don't know if you remember a year or two ago, there was this enormous backup on Route 95 south of Washington, and cars were stuck there for 12 hours. Well, if those cars were electrically powered, which means the battery would have less charging, that they would all be dead. There be there would be no way for them to function after a couple of hours. The American people have to realize that electric vehicles have huge limitations. Yeah. Not not the least of which is that they rely on minerals from China. We can't get enough minerals to build enough electric cars for all Americans. But the limitations of these cars are so severe. I mean, I've heard some conservatives saying maybe some states and cities will start banning electric cars to say to Washington, you can't force these terribly inefficient vehicles that rely on China on us.
0: It's pretty remarkable too, because also the footprint, the carbon footprint, if you just apply their own carbon footprint, uh, marking, the carbon footprint for, uh, for uh, mining the lithium and then charging the, the, the car uh, through the electric grid is actually uh, counterproductive to the goal. I think it takes uh, like maybe a decade or two decades to actually get any carbon <laughs> savings from an electric car. So we're, we're putting ourselves in China's reliance, but we're really not making that significant a gain. In, uh, the fight against carbon, if that's really the goal of the left, how does, um, how do Republicans address this issue? Cause it is a energy security issue it is a national security issue. And the Democrats have put us at such a disadvantage. And yet you have a whole generation that's concerned about climate change. Is there an opportunity for re education, re engagement, uh, for Republicans to jump in and, and say, Hey, we understand what you want to achieve, but this isn't the way.
1: New car lots are full of these electric vehicles because people don't want them, and it's it's going to cause enormous harm. I think Republicans have to say to the to the auto industry, we are not going to bail you out if you keep bending to these rules by the Democrats to build these useless vehicles. But i, I got to tell you, we also have to deal with the fact that I think ultimately the left doesn't want us to have vehicles at all. Right. They want us to use public transportation. They want to take away our cars, whether they're electrically powered or powered by fossil fuels, because it's not possible to build enough electric cars. Uh, I think ultimately that's what they're shooting for. And the Republican Party has to be very clear that this is what's coming.
0: Yeah, it, it's, uh, you're exactly right. When you read into the actual literature and the, the thought leaders of this uh, new left of the Democratic Party, that is where they're headed. They, they want a public-only transportation system. Uh, pretty pretty remarkable, uh, Fred. It's always a great honor to see all the great work you do, the great columns you write, of course, all the work you do at the AFPI, which is I think one of the most influential think tanks in the world right now. For people who want to follow your good work or stay connected, what's the best way?
1: Check out our website americafirstpolicy.com, dot com, and you can read about our national security work. And uh, so many other areas uh, that we're working on right now.
0: Yeah, it really is remarkable the the the, the ideas that are coming out of AFPI. That you're not just highlighting uh, problems; you're literally building a policy platform to address each concern in the country. And every time I check in on AFPI, there is a new idea, a new study that is really creating the formation for future American policy. It's uh, it's quite a quite a project you and the rest of the gang at AFPI has done. So congratulations and thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, great to have you on. All right, folks, we got one more good one to go. Uh, When we come back from the commercial break, Matt and Joy Thayer are going to join us. They are in the process of reviving the movie, The Trump I Know, which was cancel cultured a few years back, blocked. Uh, Well, they're creating an event in October where you can go join and uh, help uncancel, help revive this movie that gives a different side to President Trump's life. Uh, We'll have that interview right after these messages. Welcome back, America. We're live in Waukesha, Wisconsin. How lucky are we to be in the heartland of America? A lot of people in this town and also all across the country the last few months as I've traveled around, Amanda, really concerned about cancel culture and all the censorship that has gone on, whether it's COVID-19, the Hunter Biden laptop. Well, there was a movie that was released a couple of years back called The Trump I Know. And it fell prey to the cancel culture that time. It really got smothered by social media and a lot of the silliness that went on then. Well, unexpectedly, it is getting a brand new life. Matt and Joy Thayer from Sparrow Pictures are bringing it back. There's a major event in October. Laura Trump's involved. Uh, Just the News is involved. Truth Social is involved. And the goal is to go make this very good movie a success in spite of the cancer culture it faced. And we're very lucky to be joined by Joy and Matt right now. Joy, Matt, great to have you on the show.
3: Thanks for having us, guys. It's such a privilege. Good to see you.
0: It is really remarkable to see what has happened and also to see the rebound that this is getting. But let's bring people back to that time. What happened? Remind us what happened to how sort to of suffocate the success of this movie.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, we've been a part of a couple of things that have been canceled, one of them being the film Unplanned, but in 2020, we made this film, we had it ready to go, and we went to launch it, and then all of a sudden, social media, just our, our Twitter account was completely suspended, our Facebook account wouldn't even allow us to sell our t-shirts or sweatshirts, people couldn't leave reviews on, on Facebook, and then uh, the platforms that we went to distribute it on it actually didn't let us have it out until after the election. And you guys have talked about earlier election interference and that's what was going on in 2020. And we're really concerned that people didn't have the opportunity to watch it back then, especially when you had a bunch of stuff that was being uh, accused of disinformation back at the time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Matt, it sounds like this is a very dangerous film that we wanted to censor. I mean, it, it must have been so destructive to society Tell us about how dangerous this movie was. What was the content of it? Oh, it was, it was all of these awful uh, women uh, <laughs> that, that dared to say nice things about uh, Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, and, it was, and it really is incredible because behind the scenes, and this is what a lot of people don't understand, and it's, it is really people censorship is election interference when it Mm -hmm. comes to this because the people of America deserve to hear these stories. And what's interesting is that every single one of these women shared with us behind the scenes that they had talked to the New York Times. They had talked to the uh, Washington Post. They had shared these stories that they shared with us. Uh, with those outlets and those outlets basically just came out saying yeah we talked to a bunch of women and here's what a couple of them kind of said mm-hmm. and They twisted the narrative and every single time that they were interviewed it ended up becoming a hit piece and they were just so grieved by this that when we when they actually saw a cut of our film they came up to us with tears in their eyes mm-hmm. saying thank you for allowing our stories to finally be told
3: mm-hmm. And what, what we've been seeing, it's you guys. Remarkable, you, and it's. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Joy. All right, what I say is what no, we've just say, recently. It's really
0: unusual for a. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. You go ahead, Joy. <laughs>
3: What we've seen recently with Glenn Beck, and then all of a sudden Apple takes down all of his podcasts and everything, right? It, it, because he mentions there's two crime families, or which one is the crime family, Trump or Biden, and all of a sudden his stuff is deleted. You know, Riley Gaines just recently got uh, taken off of TikTok because she put out a video and didn't even say a word in there. And so I was talking to, to General Flynn about some of the censorship and talking about the dangers of it with fifth generation warfare. And he was talking about, you know, here they have President Trump on, on January 6th with with everything that was going on there and and they have this video and they take down everything that he said but then the media takes out clips that they want to use and they do commentary over it they don't even play what he said they want people to believe what they want uh, them to believe and so the reason this is so dangerous is this is firsthand experiences from these women and people need to hear the truth
0: It is amazing what I've watched my own profession of journalism do, what the social media big tech companies have done to suffocate things that they simply don't agree with. And it's certainly not the part of the American experience. But what I love about this story is that you haven't taken this uh, sitting down, you're not going to stand for this. And you've created a relaunch, which is very rare in any movie or quite, for any, quite frankly, any entertainment project. Tell us what the inspiration was to say, hey, we're going to go back and redo this. And you get Laura Trump, you get truth involved, you get Justin news involved. It's a very exciting uh, thing, and almost unheard of in the profession. Tell us what the inspiration was
3: yeah well i was sharing with devin nunez all the 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 hurdles we've uh, had to overcome with the recent launch of sound of freedom so i was helping with the marketing team of that as you know that was buried for quite a long time and then we uh, got all of that out sure. there But we were talking about How do we get this information Into people's hands We have an election year coming up you know, All these indictments are coming out They're trying uh, President Trump In the court of a public opinion Why don't we actually do this event At Worry Studios Talk about True Social's uh, journey And how they are A censor-free platform Not, I mean you do have X that is now saying That they are censor-free But we're still watching People censored over there And so we wanted to get Some amazing people involved Just like yourselves And have everybody say what are we going to do moving forward we've got to stop what's happening with censorship people deserve the truth they need all of this information out there so he said let's not only share the film let's talk about people that have dealt with this and how we're going to bring solutions and how we're going to keep bringing content to people so that they have answers to what's going on out there
0: very cool
2: I mean, the the name of this film is The Trump I Know, and President Trump is so accessible to the American people, he's so accessible to the media that people, I think, do feel like they know him to some degree. But I know that over the course of filming this, you found some surprises. Tell
3: us about those. I think one of my favorite interviews was uh, Gail Wilson, which is the Black Voices for Trump, and she started talking about the Trump that she knows, and she was telling how that he did pro-black policies from the day that he got in office. The media wasn't covering it. Nobody was sharing this. He wasn't doing it for a publicity stunt. He wasn't doing it for identity politics. He was doing it because it was the right thing to do, and that was one of many stories like Matt was saying earlier, these are the most authentic stories you're going to hear about President Trump. And we really want people to talk about the president that we know. I know President Trump would have our border closed right now. You know, the Trump I know would have a great foreign policy. There was the Trump I know would have us energy independent. There are stories that people have, and these are firsthand accounts of the Trump that these women know. And we also need to stand up as Americans and talk about the Trump that we know.
0: This is a powerhouse uh, collaboration because you have Sparrow Pictures, makes great movies. You've got War uh, War Ray Studios, which creates these unbelievable digital experiences. It's like you're at a concert, but you're sitting in your your, uh, front couch and your sofa doing it. How do people get involved in this and uh, buy tickets and get this live experience? Because it's going to be unlike anything that's been out in the marketplace in a long time
2: awesome go to ttikfilm.com ttikfilm.com and uh, buy the virtual interactive experience there is an option if you wanted to to come and join us live it's a small amount of people that can be live with us but most people are going to join from home and it will be interactive it's going to be like a giant zoom call with all of these uh you know this big old led screen and we're going to have we're going to bring people up and ask questions so it's kind of a virtual town hall like you said it's like being there live, but then right there in, in in your living room. So we're obviously going to be sharing the film. We're also uh, going to be sharing clips of the film that made that hit the cutting room floor mm-hmm. because it just didn't fit into the 90 minutes that we had to tell the story. Oh, and some of those, yeah.
0: they love seeing the cutting room material.
2: Awesome. Some of those stories were just yeah. like it was kind of pain, you know, to have to delete them. But you know, yep. this is where we can show them.
0: Yeah. That's so very cool. And it, uh, this event will be in early October. That's the plan, just before uh, the beginning of the fall season, right?
3: Yep. We're going to be at, uh, releasing it in October. Uh, there's going to be more to come. Like Matt said, the, this is an interactive event. Great. It's going to be awesome where people can be there in person with us, or you can host a party you at your house, wait. and then you can ask questions. Awesome.
0: Well, that's great, Joey. We're going to have more on this at Justin News over the next few days. Thank you for joining us. We'll get an update before the big event in October.